Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, your source for hyper-local news and community updates about Belmont. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. The Board of Selectmen is creating a screening committee to aid in the selection of the next police chief. If you might be interested in serving, the Board of Selectmen will want to know what you believe the top three challenges confronting the new chief will be. You can apply for the committee on the town website, or you can contact Jessica Porter, Human Resources Director, for more information. Also, you should know that beginning on Monday, May 13th, and continuing for the next three weeks, construction will be taking place on a number of Belmont streets, including Brighton Street, Channing Road, Cross Street, Flanders Road, Hastings Road, Horner, Homer Road, Livermore Road, uh, Marsh Street, Sandrick Road, and Wynn Street. Some delays and detours are expected between the hours of 7 and 4 p.m., so please plan accordingly. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian, and welcome back. Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian. How are you, Franklin? Just fine. How are you? I'm fine. So last, last week on the show, I think you were talking about roll call votes and this continues to be somewhat controversial, rolling into a second week of town meeting. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Roll call is, is something that has, is not controversial in terms that it hasn't snuck up on town meeting. It's something that has been always part of town meeting. You, always, you two always ask for a vote of each individual um, uh, member. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be a controversial item. And, and, but, most of the, but before we had electronic voting, it was, it was quite difficult to do because you would have human recorders going up and down aisles and there's sure. 200, 200 people and before, you know, we had a town meeting of uh, 400, 500, who knows. Uh, but uh, now that with electronic voting, it's much easier to do a roll call. And what, so in this, uh, we saw earlier and, and throughout the uh, um, town meeting, we're seeing people ask for a lot more roll calls. And, uh, and there's a concern, and, and it was brought up by the town moderator, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mike Whitmer, uh, in which many people were saying, look, um, I'm concerned that the roll call is now being weaponized, uh, that, will, that your votes will then be used against you in the next election, uh, that you're being shamed by this. Uh, you know, if you vote, if you have a minority opinion, let's say it's 220, you don't want to be seen as, as one of these people who are voting against something that's very popular. But I think also people are seeing this as, as, a, as a situation where one group of people uh, might be uh, looking at... Um, uh, candidate uh, might be supporting or, or trying to defeat candidates they don't feel or have a, a sufficient are sufficiently backing something in 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 town um, I think uh, there's there's some people who believe that that would be um, energy concerns you know are you green enough yeah so 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 Mike Widmer um, gave what what some people sort of felt like was a sermon about about a sermon on the mount. A sermon, <laughs> a sermon on, on the, the mount road. about roll call votes mm -hmm. and and. Well, well Mike, Mike Widmer is an old time uh, journalist. You right. know, he's he's he. That's his first job, and he believes in in, in really. Uh, uh, he has a, a real love for democracy, and uh, and uh, if you ever talk to him about that, you can feel that. And he says that you know he's he was getting as a moderator, he was getting mm -hmm. a lot of town meeting members complaining, saying we're really concerned. So what he basically said is, look. 
democracy has to be, you have to protect not only the people who, are in, who, who get the majority, but you have to really protect the people who are in the minority. And you can't allow them to feel threatened or anything like that. And I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. And, and, and he also requested that people, we're going to be talking about this. This, is, this might be coming up in, a, in, a, in the future quite soon. Let's not start seeing a flood of citizens' petitions, be both for roll call and against so, roll call. So it's interesting that you say that because I, I actually spoke to one of the town meeting members who was asking for a number of roll call votes, and and what 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 she said was that you know the the, the people who are asking for these roll call votes are trying to set the stage for a more transparent town meeting. And, and that, you know, we can expect to see, you know, one or more citizens' petitions on this in the not-too-distant future. So, but, but Mike, seem, Mike Widmer seemed to be cautioning against that. Well, I think he, what, what he was cautioning against was uh, this rush towards uh, either having more transparency or, as some people would say, more transparency, or, but other people feel is, is the abuse of the roll call. So he's basically saying, slow down, let's, let's look at this again. Um, and, uh, and it really is, but we, you know, but, but we really don't know how this is gonna end up. I mean, no one is asking for a, a committee or a commission. So, um, but he's basically saying, just let's slow down. We don't have to do this overnight. And, and he's not appointing a commission or no. a committee at, at this stage. And um, I don't think so we, we don't really know, it's we, not in the bylaws. We, we, we don't really know how this will play out. Expect except that uh, it seems that um, there will be one or more efforts to launch a citizens' petition in the not too distant future. And I don't. And, and again, some people, uh, if that happens, then you'll see a flood of them, both on both sides. And it's. Uh, we could be spending a special town meeting sometime in the summer or maybe the special town meeting in the fall, the, uh, the expected one in the fall, uh, spending a lot of nights uh, going over each one of these uh, citizens' petitions. And um, is that the best way of, 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 of really running town government? Well, it's an open question, and I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Thank you so much, Franklin. Thank you. All right. Welcome to This Week in the Citizen Herald, and welcome back, Joanna Juvelis, senior multimedia journalist with the Citizen Herald, also at Wicked Local Belmont. How are you? Wonderful, Michael. Thank you. So it's great to have you here. Let's talk about, let's talk about town meeting and some of the CPA Act funded projects that weren't funded after all. Perfect. There were eight projects that were seeking funding. Mm -hmm. Only six got approved. One of them, the Payson Park Bandstand, that was seeking $90,000 of community preservation funds, was postponed indefinitely. And, and that was a little bit of a surprise because, because this was, was pitched as a non-controversial kind of item. Right. That, um, you so know, we thought. <laughs> that that the, the local community, including the abutters, were okay so with. So we but thought. But Linda Oates, town meeting member, brought it to the attention of everybody at town meeting that she said abutters were not notified, in particular about what the design was going to look like. She was rather surprised when she said she learned it's going to look more like a farm stand and not a gazebo. She was under the impression that the bandstand was going to look like a gazebo. But when she saw the, the design... She, and she, I think she described it as a traditional New England style gazebo. Yes. And, 
So what happened was she, she said the abutters weren't notified. Anthony Ferrante, chairman of the Recreation Commission, said, well, if abutters weren't notified, then I'm not going to support this. And then nobody supported this. Tommy Olson was not there to, to defend her case. And I, I interviewed her after town meeting, and she said that 39 letters were submitted with the CPA application. They were letters of support, and she was just shocked by the outcome. She went to the community preservation meeting this, this past Wednesday night and argued her case again, but they said, you know, you weren't there. So what all she can do at this point is try to notify all the abutters, maybe have a public meeting, okay. and maybe it'll be at part two town meeting in June, or maybe it'll be in the fall. All right. And um, the other item, the, the town, town clock. clock. Off the table for now, withdrawn. They're going to use extra time in case they want to be prepared in case there's litigation. If they get the grant for 66000 that they're seeking, what if there's litigation? What if someone says, this isn't a town clock? This, you know, you shouldn't be funding this with community preservation funds. So they want to be prepared for that. Because the town clock is actually situated in the clock tower of a church. Right. That's right. Um, okay, so so there were there were several projects that were funded. Six, yes. I'll go through the list quickly. Okay. The historic facade of the Belmont Police Station was approved for about seven eighty-eight thousand. The roofs of the town hall complex, the slate roofs, that was approved for a hundred thousand. This one's big. Phase one uh -huh. B, the design of phase one B for the community path. Connecting Brighton Street to the Clark Street Bridge for a million dollars was approved. And, and that design money was needed to get in line actually for a construction grant That's from the right. state. Yeah, we're in line for that. No talk about the actual route at this town meeting. Right. They focused just on getting the funding for the design. That'll come later. Mm -hmm. Townfield Playground Restoration, the design for that, 60000 Clay Pit Pond Vegetation Preservation and Restoration and Rock Meadow Control of invasive and non-invasive, those got approved for twenty thousand and twenty-four five. Okay. So, you have some news about a Belmont High School grad. Yes, this is big news. On May first, uh, there was news of that the Empress of Japan was actually a Belmont High School graduate uh, from nineteen eighty-one. This news got out, and everybody was emailing me, "Aren't you going to do a story on this?" Well, of course, I'd love to do a story on this, but where do I begin? So I started by trying to reach the Empress herself, mm -hmm. Mikado Awada, Masako Awada. Sorry, and, Masako Awada. And she, what did she have to I say? I could not get her, Mike. I just uh, could not get that that's woman. That's a surprise. Okay, <laughs> she's a little busy. So what I did instead was I said to the Belmont Public Library, one of my favorite reference librarians there, Nancy McMenemy McComb, I said, "Can you help me out here?" We need to find articles from the Citizen Herald back when this woman was first, an engagement to the Crown Prince Narahito was first announced, which mm -hmm. was in 1993. And she helped me. So we, we've actually found a lot of Citizen Herald stories, interesting stories. And did you know that Belmont was a huge Japanese tourist attraction when this news got out of her engagement, that she was a Belmont High School graduate engaged to the Crown Prince of Japan? Everybody was flocking from Japan to, to see the high school, so, Belmont Center, the Belmont Public Library, all these, Juniper Road where she lived. It, it was so, crazy. So now that she's become empress, can we expect to see this resurgence of Japanese I tourism? wonder. Do you think we will? Only time will tell. Uh, interestingly enough, the selectmen at the time were concerned about all the additional traffic being brought into town from the tourists, and we definitely don't want more traffic. All right. Okay, thank you so much, Joanna. You're welcome. There's a new defibrillator in town, and specifically at Town Field. Installed by the Recreation Department and the Fire Department 
Four more defibrillators are planned for Belmont Parks. Fire Chief David Frizzell and Chris Costello from the Recreation Department speak to us about the installation of the defibrillators. The Recreation Department is in the process of installing five portable defibrillators at town-owned fields. Those fields being Town Field, Pequasset Park, Winbrook, Payson Park, and Grove Street. The intention of these is to provide all users of the parks with access to life-saving equipment in the event of a heart-related emergency. So if there is a cardiac emergency at one of the locations where a defibrillator has been installed, the first thing to do is to use your phone, call 911, tell them where your emergency is and that will get the first responders going. Next they're going to uh, instruct you or give you the code to access the cabinet. Once you access the cabinet, the door opens. You take out the defibrillator and you follow the instructions. Unit okay. So it goes through a self-check. Stay and calm. Check it, responsiveness. Call for help. If you stay on the phone line with the 911 dispatcher, they will also give you over the phone instructions on how to use this defibrillator. The goal of this project is to provide everybody that uses the parks with access to life-saving equipment in the event of a heart-related emergency. Out of the approximately 350,000 out-of-hospital cardiac arrests a year, 10% get saved. Uh, through the early use of a defibrillator and good cardiac pulmonary resuscitation or CPR. With the access to this public AED, we will ensure that everybody has the best chance of survival if an event were to happen. With the completion of this project, not only will every town building have an AED device, but now every town owned park will have one as well. There are two critical components that are allowing this project to be completed. The first, is our climate controlled boxes that keep these AEDs on the fields all year round. The second most crucial aspect of this project is donations. This project is being funded primarily by donations. If we want to continue this project and install uh, the defibrillators at the remaining four fields, we're going to need more funding. As of right now, we need about $16,000 more to complete the installation. We have a majority of the equipment ordered and it's going to cost about $4,000 to install each defibrillator at each of the remaining parks. If you're interested in contributing to the completion of this project, whether you're a town organization or a private citizen, we're extremely thankful for any donations. You can visit the Recreation Department's website for more information. Winbrook Elementary School is working with Safe Routes to School to improve walking and biking safety around the school. Principal Janet Carey tells us about the outcome of this work and plans for improving the safety of children getting to and from the school. Our story was produced by Belmont Journal volunteer Chet Messer. It's, we have PTA representatives to Safe Routes to School, I think most schools do, and those representatives brought to my attention some of their concerns about the traffic and safety around the school and asked if they could work with Safe Routes to design a survey where 
Safe Route folks and PTA folks and myself would go out um, and actually stand on different in different areas of the school, watch the traffic, um, take data on the number of cars, the number of pedestrians, and any safety concerns that we might see. So um, there was some participation from town officials as well. So that survey was really um, the catalyst for making some of the changes we made in terms of our student safety. After we gathered the data, it was concern, very concerning. Um, there are some long-term fixes that the town is implementing, um, speed bumps, that kind of thing. But we saw a really quick, easy fix on our end. Um, there was some parking that staff typically use, parents typically use for drop-off. And I just asked staff not to park there and parents not to park there, put out some cones with homemade signs saying student drop-off only during that particular time of the morning. And it has made a world of difference. This, the town is implementing some different things. For example, on um, Cross Street, they've already put up a sign that blinks and lets drivers know what speed they're going. Um, there's a raised crosswalk over there, and they're working one on one for Sherman Street. Um, again, through safety routes to school, um, or in collaboration with them, G and Erica, um, created a parent survey, which I sent out on our listserv, and we had a great response. Um, we did a survey asking families to let us know um, what are the main troubled areas that prevent them from walking, or if they walk, that make it challenging. And so, um, if you look at this map here, uh, you can see that actually there are three main areas that there that um, people were concerned about and one was the intersection of Pleasant and Monroe another was the intersection of Brighton and Cross and then the third was along just sort of the uh, spatter, splattering of the uh, dots along Sherman the second part is getting a report back from Massachusetts Safe Routes to School program. After we just did the assessment, they will make an official report with recommendations, and then we can go from there. And now it's time for our community calendar with Jane Peters. Jane tells us about all of the exciting things happening in Belmont this week. Hi everyone, I'm Jane, and this is your community calendar for next week. Author Marianne O'Hara will speak on her novel Cascade at the library on Monday at 11 a.m. Set in 1930s Massachusetts, the fictional town of Cascade is about to be swallowed up by a new reservoir. This author talk is part of the Friends of the Belmont Public Library's Books and Bites program. Grub Street and Novel Incubator present the Craft on Draft reading series with three local authors on Tuesday, May 14th at Belmont Books. Hear how these authors waded through their murky middle to finish their novels. You can submit a page from the middle of your own story for the chance to have it read and discussed by the authors and have an interview published on the Dead Darlings blog. Connect with nature and help Earthwise Aware gather data on the insects visiting plants at Habitat. Data will provide info about the diversity of urban wildlife, including important pollinators. Surveys run from 9.30 to 11.30 on Tuesdays through August 20th, and you can register for one or several surveys at massautobahn.org. The BHS English Department will recognize students for excellent in thesis writing at the annual Lillian F. Blacker Awards on Wednesday at 6.30 in the BHS Library. 
English capstone presentations will be on display from 5.30 to 6.30. Prize winners will read from their papers and discuss the evolution of their ideas. Underclassmen are encouraged to attend the presentations to learn more about the senior thesis and capstone process. Chenery Middle School Theatre Workshop presents their spring musical No Business Like Show Business on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. This musical review features numbers from Fiddler on the Roof, Beauty and the Beast, and others. Get your tickets at Champions and Belmont Center or at bhs-pac.org. Belmont Wheelworks and Co-Motion are pleased to offer a weekend devoted to the bicycle built for two. New tandem riders can learn how to get started on these bikes, and experienced riders can join the group on a tandem ride on Saturday at 9. Ethan Steely of Co-Motion Cycles will be coming from the brand's factory in Oregon to assist tandem experts with advice and sizing. Natalie Johnson Dance presents an original evening-length quartet at the Fred Astaire Dance Studio on Saturday and Sundays at 7.30. An evocative, playful, and vulnerable performance of four dancers supporting and witnessing each other's struggles and triumphs. Ajin promises to be an evening of energetic, heartfelt, and unique movement in a variety of musical genres. Save your seat for the performance at agin.brownpapertickets.com. Help habitat remove invasive plants, including buckthorn, bittersweet, and others that make it difficult for native plants to thrive on Sunday at 8.30. All ages are welcome to lend a hand. Students are able to count hours towards community service. Register at massautobahn.org. And that's all for next week. But before we wrap up with today's community calendar, we have a special message from the BHS band director. My name is Paul Ketchen, and I'm the band director here at Belmont High School. And I direct the wind ensemble and symphonic band and the Marching Marauders after school, as well as the Jazz Collective and the Jazz Ensemble. We've been uh, fortunate to achieve gold medals at district and state MAJE festivals, which enables uh, bands to be part of the gold medal showcase. And uh, two years ago, it was at the Hat Shell. Last year, they were doing construction at the Shell, so they hosted it at the Berkeley Performance Center, which was pretty neat. And this year we'll be back at the Hat Shell. Uh, that performance is on Sunday, May 19th. And uh, there will be jazz bands and jazz choirs performing from noon to about 4 o'clock. Belmont High School is on early at 12.25. So come on out, catch the free show, and grab lunch. It'll be a nice afternoon. And now it's time for sports. Last weekend, Lacrosse Night featured the visiting Weston Wildcats versus the Belmont Marauders. The varsity girls were overwhelmed by the Wildcats, 18 to 10. The boys' varsity game was a little more competitive, coming down to a last-second charge on Weston's net by Belmont that didn't succeed. And the Wildcats won that game, 7 to 6. We have some video for you.
Good shot there. Nice save by Weston's keeper. And there's the end cut, and it's going to be Killian O'Connell on the, to the wing. He goes. Roll dodge on Gartland. Along the top of the box. There's the shot. Delholm can't handle it. A little roll dodge. Last second shot. Finds the Killian O'Connell now waiting with patience. Gets him off balance. He's got a lane. There's the shot. And Weston up top with a good look. Bounce shot. O'Connell wants more. Right-handed shot low, and it's good. Weston working now. Good look inside. Roll dodge from Yatridis. Look inside. One-timers. Strong take. Good look inside. Smilex. Carreri right behind X. Top of the crease. There's his shot. And he's killing it up with it. If anybody can do it, it's O'Connell. Denied. Roll dodge. Shot. Knocked away. And that should do it. Big save there by number 34, Ian Carter. And Weston will take the win. What a game here. O'Connell with the last second rush. That's all for now. If you would like to get involved with the Belmont Journal, either as a volunteer or if you might have some news updates for us, please contact our producer, Frederic Rigolo at fred at belmontmedia.org. We'll see you next time on the Belmont Journal.